0: Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Praise Praise the Lord. Lord. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Man, all you in the back back there, I can barely see you. Uh, And I'm excited about everybody else being here today. And those of you joining online, it's going to be a great day. We're talking about what? Who is Jesus? By the way, you do not want to miss this coming Sunday morning. I'll be ministering by the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. And I will be talking about the rapture, about the catching away of the saints. I'll be talking about the magnificent things that are going on in our world and how we must be ready for the returning of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So we had a great time this lesson. I did. I enjoyed preaching and I enjoyed uh, uh, God's word uh, coming to us. I've enjoyed the all week talking and, and chewing on that and it's just been a great, a great thing. So tonight we're going to go directly into our, our study into who is Jesus. Who is Jesus? You can't look for somebody you don't know. Have you ever went to the airport or to the mall or wherever and you're supposed to be looking for somebody that you've never met? I've done this, picked up a lot of preachers in my lifetime. You go to an airport, you know their name, but you don't know their face, right? And you're looking for people that you really, really don't know. You, you've, you've seen them maybe at a far off in a conference or you've seen them on a, on a video or something. But back when I was a kid, you know, 55, back when I was a kid, there, there wasn't Facebook and there wasn't all this media that you got to see people. So um, it was one of those situations where you had to, had to figure out. And usually I could tell, right? Because the way they carry themselves or it was just, but I, several times I went up to people and said, uh, brother and they would go no i'm sorry i I don't know who you're talking about i'm like oh man but you if you don't know who jesus is you don't know how to look for him you need to know who jesus is you've got to look for him and in this last hour we are looking for his soon return Amen? amen and we're looking for him to come back to meet us in the air now i hope that you will like share and comment on this I'm asking uh, if you will do that for me. It will help us reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and more people to understand who Jesus is. Amen? It's not hard. You just push like. It's real simple. And, uh, or you can push share, and it, you can share it to your page. And uh, that is a great... That, you know what you become? You become an online evangelist. You become a missionary for Jesus Christ. And uh, that's right. Amen. So let's talk about who Jesus is. Now, we've been talking about him, how he came through the Old Testament. We talked about all of the things the prophetic his names we didn't get into the depth of all his names in the old testament the all the jehovah jireh jehovah nisi all those meanings and all those things we talked about the prophecies from isaiah uh, to to, to uh, different prophets that prophesied these things about his joel uh all those prophets that prophesied and those came to pass we know on calvary so We're going to dive into the New Testament part of who is Jesus. We know Jesus is woven through the thread of the Old Testament. He was the lamb slain, what, from the foundation of the world. God had a plan before time began to save us, us poor mankind, amen, us poor humans. So, who is Jesus? So, let's talk about who he is. So, let's say amen. So we're going to look and see that Jesus is what? He is the son of the living God. Can we say it together? The son of the living God. So we know that Jesus is the son of the living God. We find this throughout the scriptures. We know that he is the son of redemption. We'll talk about the father of creation, the Holy Spirit that resides with us. We're going to talk about all of these wonderful things, but let's go a little more systematic through this tonight. Amen. So let's go to John 6. John chapter 6. This is the Apostle John in the Gospels and he's talking to us. Peter tells Jesus, and we believe this is Peter talking to Jesus. John was recording it. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He had been with the disciples. He had walked among them, performed miracles, signs and wonders. He had told them about who he was and all of the things that were to come. And Peter acknowledges that uh, we believe you and we are sure. I'm going to say sure. sure. It's important that in your walking relationship with God, you get to a point in your maturity in Christ that you become sure of what you believe. That you become sure of who Jesus is. That you become sure that no thing can shake your faith you're going to have moments of, of trial and tribulation and things you don't understand. But when you're sure, amen, someone shout sure. sure. When you're sure, you know what you know and nothing will change it. I'm sure that Lisa Marie Nix is my wife. <laughs> Right? <clears throat> and she has all the benefits of this lovely man right here. Right? Amen. And I have all the lovely benefits of that great lady. I'm sure. Right? I'm sure. I'm not. I don't, I don't ever leave the house wondering if she's still going to be in my wife when I get home. Right? If someone would call me and say, I saw your wife cheating, I'd say, you're a liar and hang up on her. Right? Because I'm sure. Right? I'm sure. And some people say, well, you're, you're, you're naive. Well, I, leave me alone. <laughs> because I'm sure. Right? So there is a point in our lives where we believe. Faith is believing, right? Believing is the action of our faith. So when we believe, we don't just talk about faith, right? We don't just hope for things that we cannot see, but we start acting on the things that we don't see, right? So it's important that you recognize it. So we believe, Peter says to Jesus, and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of of the living God. In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17, uh, Jesus here was baptized. I'm sure that you know that he was baptized by John the Baptist. John the Baptist, uh, Jesus said there was none greater that walked in shoe leather, right? John the Baptist was a very special man of God. And we know that John the Baptist said, I'm not worthy to undo the shoelaces. I'm not worthy um, of of doing this. And lo, a voice from heaven After Jesus was baptized... Hear me clearly... After Jesus... Everybody say Jesus... Jesus. The man Christ... Everybody say the man Christ... Christ. Right, the man Christ... I'm going to talk about it in a second... The man Christ was baptized... In other words... Jesus obeyed the Father's will... We'll say it one more time... Jesus obeyed the Father's will... God's will was that the Son would be (laughs) baptized... By the man of God, John, and when he came up out of the water, he says a voice from heaven, right? Saying, this is my what? Beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, I want to talk about this, the importance of this, right? Um, I want to talk about this briefly, but I want to just insert this, that... In Romans chapter 5 and 6, we learn about baptism. But at one point, Paul says that in order to raise with Christ, you've got to be buried with him. We know that is a, a baptismal scripture that we read, believe, and know, right? So he says, if you want to raise with him, you've got to be buried with him. Now, what you think about what he meant. He meant to be baptized. He was talking about baptism. So in order to be raised with him in the last day, right? In order to be raised him, he didn't say the last day. He just said to be raised with him. Right? You've got to what? Obey the word and be baptized. Right? Jesus, the man... I want to write this on the board, and Brother Brandon's going to help me today. Um, he's going to just move that. Yeah, you can move that. I brought a whiteboard out today. Someone say amen. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I got, like, I, uh, but I'm in Michigan Stadium right now. I got a lot of people in the house today, man. That's like, woo, amen. Someone say amen. Amen. So, Jesus, right? Jesus. If I say Jesus. Jesus. I don't know if you can see this, but I hope you can. But Jesus was all man. Never say all man. All man. And he was what? all God. Now, uh, we know this, right? The Bible says in Matthew that the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, right? The Holy Spirit, right? Overshadowed Mary, right? And conceived a son. He was born of a virgin. So we have Jesus was all man and all Christ. Jesus got indigestion from bad Chinese, right? Jesus, yeah, I know, I'm making that up. But uh, you don't know, he may have got Chinese, I don't know, we don't know about these things. But um, Jesus uh, was a man, say all man. all man. So when we recognize this, this is important that you understand this, this is so important. This is this is vital to your understanding who Jesus is. So for 33 and a half years, right, for 30 and half, 33 and a half years, we know Jesus walked on this planet, right? And then he was translated. He was taken up, right? He was glorified. He was uh, uh, translated uh, into heaven, right? And they, they stood and looked and said, Why stand ye here, right? Why stand gazing, right? So the angels declared who he was. He said to the disciples, I, I'm going there, right? But he also, the man said, Let this cup pass from me. The man said, Not my will, but thy will be done. The man said, Mm, you can't give me. Jesus was tempted, and Bible says, in what? All like manner. Everything that you are tempted with, or I am tempted with, Jesus was tempted with. That's what the scripture says. Don't argue with me, go search the scripture, right? So when we look at that, we see that Satan brings him to the what? What? He's out obeying God, getting fasting and praying and finding the Father's will, right? And Satan shows up in the desert, right? And he says, you see all these kingdoms, right? If you'll bow down to me. Now, I want you to think about for a second if he was talking to the God in Jesus or the man. God could not be tempted by what he already owns, He owns everything and all things are his. So Satan can't say, I mean, I got all these, see all this stuff, I'm going to give it to you. Because it already, Satan had no right in it. He didn't own it. (laughs) But he could tempt a man like he tempted Eve in the garden. I'm going to make you a god, right? So Jesus was all man and all God for 33 and a half years I'm gonna let you ask some questions here in a minutes so I want you to gather so we can see that he was tempted the man Christ right but we see we see that the, the right the perfect example of this is when he said what um, why have you forsaken me right because when when he felt forsaken God removed himself Because God did not die on Calvary. Jesus died on Calvary. You follow me? So in that moment of understanding, what happened? God removed himself from Christ as he died on Calvary, right? He was buried and in three days the Spirit of God came and revived him, right? Gave him what? New life, but not life unto man, but life unto God. So Jesus he became, at the resurrection, all God. Because he is no longer man, because he died. The man died. God didn't die. Everybody say amen. Amen. So, I want you to write some questions down, if you have them. and I, I, This is amazing. So, the main important part of this is that for 33 and a half years... Let me, let me grab up some clean extra. Sure. For 33 and a half years, he walked among us as, as, as God and man. So, as God, all man, right? Now, I read to you this last week in church um, about those that, you know, we, we know that Paul wrote, said, if you, if you believe or teach that, that Christ did not, that God did not come in the flesh, then you, you're, you're basically a heretic, is what he says, right? That you're none of his, that you, because there was a, the Gnostics believed and taught that Jesus was divine flesh. That he was not any man, that he was only God because they didn't believe that Mary had any part in his birth, right? She was a virgin, so she was, had no, she did not bear seed, that was all God, right? And we know that's not the teachings of the word of God, right? So she she bore Christ as over being overshadowed by who? The Holy Spirit, right? So technically the Holy Spirit is the father of Jesus, Right? I mean, I'm just saying. Um, not to confuse you. <laughs> that's not, that's, never mind all that. But, uh, um, but the Bible in Matthew says that she was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost, right? What is the Holy Ghost? We're going to talk about that later. But the Holy Ghost, it's the Spirit of God in us, it's the Spirit of God with us, right? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God in us. It is Jesus saying, I'm leaving a comforter with you, I'm going away. I'll come again, but in the meantime, I'm leaving my Holy Spirit with you, the Comforter. Um, And we can read about that in John uh, chapter 14, 15. We can read about it throughout the scripture. So we can look and see, staying on Jesus here, that he was all man and he was all God for 33 and a half years. At the resurrection, at the resurrection of Jesus... We find that he changed, that he now walked through walls, that he was a spirit that they could understand and see, that he was Jesus. They identified him. Some could not identify him on the road. They didn't know who he was. But the ones that knew him knew, right? And we know the story about Thomas and look at the scars in my hands and all that that happened after the resurrection. And then he was caught up into heaven, And to sit at the right hand, the Bible says to sit at the right hand of the Father, right? We know that when we get to heaven, the only Jesus, the only God that we will see that sits on the throne from Revelations is Jesus Christ. So who is Jesus? Jesus was all man and all God for 33 and a half years. God removed himself at Calvary from, from Christ. Why? Because God could not die, right? So he removed himself. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He felt the weight of sin cave in on him at that moment. We know that he was all God because he also said, today you're going to be with me in paradise, right? So there was a moment of transition. I say transition. transition. That we can look and see very absolutely that Jesus, at that point of saying, my God, my God, in that moment, God removed his spirit from him. And he died. Jesus really died, folks, Mm -hmm. in his flesh. But God did not die. He fulfilled the prophecy that he would lay in the grave for three days and would raise again. It was in that third day that they find the angels. The napkin is folded, right? The angels are at his grave. And they're declaring that he's not here. He is risen, right? We know that Easter story. It's in that understanding that we know that He was translated into God. He was translated into not man, all man and all God, but to all God. Ever say all God? All now, some people say, "Well, Pastor, that's that's." I need you to understand this because if you don't, you'll begin to wonder why we call Jesus God, right? And I think that it's important that you understand. And there's a hundred thousand scriptures that we'll go through, right? I'll take you through them individually. We'll ask questions. But I wanted to start this with this understanding. After 33 and a half years that he walked, he faced Calvary. He opened not His mouth. He fulfilled every... Everybody shout every prophecy. Every From prophecy. From Isaiah to Jeremiah to... I mean, I can, Davianic promises and all Joel and all the promises in the Old Testament that we talked about. He fulfilled on Calvary. And the result of Calvary's fulfillment was the resurrection. And in the resurrection, He was translated to heaven. So when we understand that, that Jesus is now... After those 33 and a half years he is now all God because that's how God decided and made it from the very beginning the lamb slain from the foundation of the world so in this moment we can uh, we can decide that you know if, if we need to have there's many people to say well you know how did he become all God well there there's things that that in that translation between the grave and and the resurrection that, you know, we, we have to live by faith in that moment right? and I think that if we don't then we'll never believe that God is one everybody say one, one. Jesus repeatedly in John 14 and I don't, I'll probably cover this here in a few minutes but I want to cover it right now in John 14 you can go read read that whole chapter because he repeatedly they want to know show us the Father and it will make us happy that's what they said because he kept talking about the Father and they said, well, where is this father? We haven't seen the father. And his words to them, if you've seen me, what? You've seen, seen the father also. Because the only, listen, man will never possess the ability to see God. No man at any time, the scripture says, has seen God. God is a spirit. And the relationship between us and God will only be flown or have a... a Uh, connectedness to us through the man Christ Jesus. That's how we are able to relate. He is our mediator. He is our on and on and on and on. We can talk about the things that he is in relationship to us and God. He is the one that was our propitiation. He paid for our sin. He was our sacrifice. He was our promise. He was all these things, right? So when we look at this, we can see that he became, he became God, the only God. Someone shout, the only God. Only There's God. no other name given under heaven whereby we what? Must, must be saved. There's only one name, and that name was Jesus. You get the revelation that John showed up and he said, behold, there was a throne and there was one that sat up on the throne, and his name was Jesus, right? So when we look at the result of this covenant with man, right? The fulfillment of all the prophecies, we know Jesus as God. Now, I want to say this very clearly, that we are not Jesus-only people. I am not a Jesus-only person. I, I, I absolutely, unequivocally acknowledge the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Because they are in a place that we have understanding through that, right? And we can, we'll talk more and more about that. So I'm not saying, you know, no, right? We're not Jesus-only. We unequivocally acknowledge because it's scriptural, to acknowledge the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? And these three are what? One. Everybody say R1. 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 We'll talk more about that later. I got words. Anybody? Someone say amen? amen. So I wanted you to, to, to get a, a brief understanding about that. And there's more to say about it. I can't encapsulate everything I want to say in that two-minute or five-minute uh, dialogue, right? Um, but I wanted to give you uh, some places where you can study yourself and you can ask questions. So uh, that would be great. Okay, so we found in Matthew, Jesus was baptized, obeyed the word of God, and was baptized as a what? As God? Did God baptize himself? That's the question that gets answered, or asked, rather. No, God didn't baptize himself. Jesus obeyed the word of God, the will of God, and baptized as a man. Someone say amen. amen. Because he had to conform to the word of God in order to fulfill the word of God. Someone say amen. Okay, Galatians 4 and 7 behind you. Oh, man, I love this subject. I love talking about this in Revelation. Uh, in, here in Galatians, rather. Galatians 4 and 4, Paul writes this. But when the fullness of time was come, which out was come. Well, okay, that's not a very proud shout. Was come. Was come. There we go. Uh, uh, was come. <laughs> was come. In other words, it's already. It's, it has happened. Someone say amen. amen. God sent forth his son. Made of a woman. Here it is. Right? Made of a woman. Jesus was not divine flesh. It was the seed of that mother. It was the seed of Mary. Overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of the Father. Right? Right? that impregnated this virgin who would be would bear a son whose name uh, would be Jesus, who would be the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, who would be the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. It's interesting that they call the Son the Everlasting Father, right? Why? Because He is. He became what He is. To, er, someone say amen. Okay, so made under the law. So made under sin. That's another phrase you could put it. He was made... Just like you. What did David say? Is, I was from my mother's womb. You knew me, right? I was few days and full of trouble. So we were made in sin and can sin. David writes, we were conceived. So we're, we know that Jesus was also under that law. That he came into a world full of sin, right? Amen. But he came why? To redeem them that were under the law. He came as a sacrificial lamb of God to redeem those through the prophetic words and obeying of the word of God and all of the prophecies that have been given. He came to fulfill every one of them for one reason so he would redeem us from that sin. Someone shout amen. Amen. You ought to give God praise for that, right? Because he came for one reason to seek and to save them that were lost. He came for one purpose to redeem them them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Oh, hallelujah. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit, Everybody I spirit, Spirit. of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then heirs of God, where? Through. Through Christ. Jesus Christ is the absolute access to the Father. You have to realize in our lives, someone say, Pastor, are you are you saying there's two gods? Unequivocally not. There's one God and his name is Jesus because that's the interaction that God chose for us to see and know and living in our hearts. Someone say amen. amen. Uh, we we understand. I just talked about this, the dual nature of Christ. Paul tells us God sent forth his son made of a woman under the law. I say this emphatically. Jesus, because this is what the scripture teaches. Jesus was all God and all man. He was born as a baby. Someone had a baby. Amen. He wasn't born full full scale, you know. He was he wasn't you know he was born as a human, a baby. He had all the emotions. He cried, he was hungry, he he had to have his diaper changed because he was all man. God did not need his diaper changed. (laughs) Yeah Amen! So he was on. So what happened? She brought forth her firstborn son. And they wrapped him in so- swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. And because there was no room for them in the end. So he was born in Luke 2, we find, and yet he was eternal. And yet he was eternal. He was born, and yet he was eternal. He was born a man that was few days and full of trouble, that had numbered days, and yet he was all God who was eternal. In the beginning was the Word. <laughs> John writes, And the Word was, what? With God. And the Word, what? Was, was God. God. Now, what is the Word? And the same in the beginning with God. And the Word was made, what? Flesh, Flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus was and is the Word. Study it, it, throughout the Scriptures. We know unequivocally that the reference to the Word here is the Word, the reference to the Son of God. And that that word was with God before creation. And the word, what? Was God, right? So this is how we connect. We don't only connect from John, but we can connect, or rather from John 14, but we connect from John chapter one as well. Um, I and my father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the father also, right? And they were, they were astonished. They were amazed. They were confused. Read it for yourself. They were like, well, we don't see the father, you know. And he says, Look, it's going to be revealed to you, right? And some things we got to pray and understand with an open mind and heart to be, have revelation of the Word of God. So you can have knowledge without revelation. Did you know that? Let me say it again. You can have knowledge without revelation. I always pray for not just knowledge. The Bible says, Get ye knowledge, but also what? Understanding. And I. I, I really, that's revelation. When you understand something more than it's knowledge, you understand the capability of a math equation, right? You understand the capability of, of what could be through a, a chemistry uh, equation, right? It's, it's one of those things where the knowledge doesn't help you until you understand how to use the knowledge. Math is a great way of, of it seeing this, and, and it's, it can be so powerful, uh, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. In Second Corinth, or Corinthians rather, in Colossians. Oh, sorry. In Colossians, Paul writes here in Colossians two and verse nine. Very familiar passage, and it's an important passage because for in Him, in Christ, or to say Christ's. This is the reference of who he's talking about. In him, Jesus, dwelleth all, someone shout all, All. the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I want you to talk about that. One of the things I'm going to come back and talk to you about in one of these sessions is a simple thought process. And I'm just going to leave it with you right now so you can start praying and thinking and studying for yourself, right? How many like to study to show yourself approved? Amen. I like to hear things, but I like to prove them for myself. I love good teaching, but I want to make sure it's in the Word of God. And I challenge you, make sure whatever I'm preaching or teaching tonight or any night is found in the Word of God for yourself. Don't trust a preacher. I think you can trust a lot of preachers, but don't trust the Word of God. Amen. Trust the word of God. So say, "Amen." amen. So um, that's uh, I say that often, and I believe that. So one of the things I want you to think is: is this what is the Godhead? Because whatever the Godhead is, we're going to come back to. let sit with you. It is in Christ, and it's in the fullness. Is all dwells in him. It all dwells in him. So we're going to come back. We'll leave that as a teaser, and we're going to come back and, and talk about what is the Godhead. Because if you don't understand what the Godhead is, you won't understand the fullness of who Christ is. So it's going to be a good thing. I'm going to leave you hanging. Uh, verse ten: And ye are what complete in him. The Scripture says, which is the what head of all principalities and powers. He is the head of all the principalities and powers. Let's go to 1 Timothy 3 and 16. 1 Timothy 3 and 16, right? And without controversy. I love the way it's written here. And without controversy. There's no controversy here. <laughs> there's no doubt. There's assurance here. There's an absoluteness here. It's absolute truth he's talking about. Without controversy, nobody's arguing about this. Great is the mystery of godliness. Now I want you to notice that's a little g. Do you notice that's a little G. Okay? So great is the mystery of God. God was manifest in the what? Flesh. Jesus. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. Preached into the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. So this is telling the story of Jesus in a nutshell. His death, burial, his birth, death, burial, and resurrection, right here in a Received up into glory, he was taken, seen of angels, preached in the Gentiles. All it's it's the essence of his in one verse. Timothy captures, or Paul rather captures, to Timothy the what's going on in in the life of Jesus Christ. So we keep going Uh The Son of God, not God the Son. I want to make sure that this is clear. Jesus is not God the Son. He is the Son of God. You will never find the words in the Scripture, God the Son, right? You'll never see the concept. You'll never hear any of the prophets prophesy about it in those words, you'll never hear the apostles write about it, you'll never hear it being referred to by Paul, James, or John you'll never see it in Revelations it's not there, and there's a purpose and a reason, remember, the scripture was written by what? by inspiration of the Holy Ghost there's a reason for every word someone shout every word every word word and everything so there's a purpose in the word of God it's not just, you know, whatever it's Unchanging it is the same yesterday today and forevermore, the Son of God, not God the Son. The reason I say that because there is a an understanding and i 'll talk more about this in, in a later date, but, um, about tritheism and um, and the belief in separate gods, right. Tritheism is, uh, is a belief in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And many people that say they believe that, when I explain it to them, they don't believe that, right? They believe that three are one, right? So, um, and, and yeah, that there are three are one. And so in that moment, they've been taught something as a verbiage. How many know that in the South, they have different verbiage than they do in the North? You know, like in the South, it's pop, Right? They'll ask you what kind of Coke you want. You're going, well, you don't even carry Coke. You only have Pepsi and root beer, you know. Well, yeah, I know, but what kind of Coke do you want? You know, they want to know what, what brand of, of Coke you want. Well, they think Coke is, everything's Coke, right? Trust me, I've spent all my summers in Texas. I dealt with this every year. I'd have to, you know, reset my brain that I've got people. But So we have, ver- in religious circles, we have verbology or we have ways of speaking that are familiar to our communities. So if I'm Pentecostal, I say certain things and I don't have to explain it because all the people that are Pentecostal already know what I'm talking about. But those that might be a Catholic come in, and they might not know what I'm talking about because their phraseology is different. And I think that a lot of our problem in religion—by the way, I still state that religion has failed us miserably—but Jesus Christ will never fail us. And someone say, "Amen." It's about relationship, not religion. But religion has guided us in ways that has separated us by these phraseologies, this 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 idea of saying things the way we would say it versus the way they would say it, right? And, and we can find that throughout history. And we can find that throughout the, the way that the scriptures are interpreted. And I am uh, I really am firm in believing that um, a lot of it is simply about man's idea of government, man's idea of de- denomination. How many know what the word denomination means? Anybody know what that means? Right? Well, if I have three quarters, two dimes, and a nickel, right, Well, I, I denote them by what? One's a nickel, one's a quarter, and one's a dime. Denominations. I have denominations of money. Ones, fives, tens, twenties, and fifties, right? Different, what? Denominations. The word denomination literally means to separate. It's true. It literally means to separate. So we call our different groups denominations which is something of an old word old english word that says we're separating from that group and we're being our own group we're a denomination of this or that or the other so we're not bound by christ we're bound by our beliefs that are opposite of theirs is everybody saying amen, amen. denominations have have hurt uh, they've done a lot of good don't take me wrong right they've done a lot of good right Amazing things, you know, hospitals and 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 help around the world and all. I'm not not rag. I'm simply saying that the very word itself speaks that we're separated by our beliefs. Although we we claim that Jesus is our God, right? We don't fellowship with them because we're in a different denomination, right? We're in a different category. We're in a different, separated from them. And that's not the will of God. You can know who you are and stand for truth without having to make someone feel like they are less than or that they don't know. You can speak in love like, like who? Wait, there was a man of God. What was his name? Ethiopian eunuch and Philip, I think his name was, where God translated him. And they were from different cultures, different places, different times. They were from different places in life. One was in a courtroom, one was in the desert. And yet he came beside and said, hey, do you need some help understanding what you're reading? Because I'm not here about what we don't agree on. Did you hear what I just said? I'm not here about what we don't agree. I don't care about your politics. I don't care about, I care about the word of God. And that's where we're at in life. We've got to we've got to love people like God loved us. I get off on this because it's so important in this hour. So uh, we should never be arrogant with God's word. Someone say amen. amen. So to Titus he writes. Paul writes in Titus one to Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace. How many shout grace, mercy, and peace? Ah, oh, from where God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. But shout Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ. Why, why, did you, why did you use that phraseology? I'm going to drop drop a little just a little bit on you, and then we'll come back to this later. But why did you use the phrase? Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to leave that as a question. What is the Godhead? And why did Paul consistently In every book that he wrote, use this phrase, the Lord Jesus, God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? The Lord Jesus Christ. We'll leave that with you. Think about that. Pray about that. So, he tells us, right? Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus. So, it's not the Son of God. He is the, what? It's not the the God the Son. It's the Son of God. After mine own Son. Right? Um, So Paul in Colossians 1 and 13 says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son? Who? In whom we have what? Redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who? I want you to write this down. I want you to underline this. Who is the image of the invisible God? Who is the image? Who is he talking about? Jesus. 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 Someone shout Jesus. Jesus. So Jesus is what? He is the image of the invisible God. No man has ever seen God or ever will. Ever. The scripture declares it. It's just what he declares. God is a spirit, you worship in spirit and truth, right? Jesus became the image of that invisible God. That's why Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father also. Because I'm the only God you will ever see. Because the Father resides in me. I am all Father. I died as the Son. I am the Son. But I also am now encapsulated by the invisible God. I am the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of what? Every creature. Verse 16, for by him were all things created. Who's he referring to? Jesus. 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 Someone shout Jesus. Jesus. So he's not referring to God the Father. He's he's saying Jesus created it all because I and my Father are one. Jesus was there. The Lamb was slain from the what foundation of the world? Jesus was in the... yes. And, and are in the earth, invisible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and what? For him. And he is before, here it is again, land slain for the foundation of the world. He was before all things and by him, what? All things consist. This image of the invisible God, Jesus, all things were created by him in heaven and on earth visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created by him and for him and he is before all things and by him all things consist. Everybody shout Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. How many know his name is beautiful? How many know there's power in the name of Jesus? Amen? How many know you're saved by the power in the name of Jesus? Amen? Okay, that's good. I'm glad you're saying amen. And he is the head of the body. He continues on what? And before all things, and by him all things consist. And then he says, he is the head of the body. Who's the body? We are the body. The church. That's right. He is our head. The church, it says. Who is the what? Beginning and the firstborn from the dead. And in all things, he might have preeminence. That word preeminence means dominance, or it means a ruling over it, right? And then it says in verse 19, for... It pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. For it pleased the Father. This passage here in Colossians is so important to your understanding of who Jesus is. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He is by all things consists, whether it be visible or invisible. Before things were ever were, he was. He was in the beginning was the word, and the word was made flesh. And the word was God. It doesn't say it was in God, or around God. He said it was God, John wrote. So, for it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwelleth. It's very important. Jesus is in the garden and he says, Father, let this cup pass from me. Let this cup pass from me. The man Christ was struggling with what he knew he was fixing to face. But he was encouraged because his man Christ said, but nevertheless... Not my will, but thy will be done. We have so much to learn. Studying this fresh and new over the last several weeks, it's, I've had greater revelation, greater. It, it never stops. It never stops of understanding that doors opening and peeks into the places that I never knew existed when God shows you through your prayer and fasting and reading the word with an open heart, and a spirit that says, not my will, but thy will be done. If, listen to me carefully, those of you online, those here, if we're not careful, we will allow the prejudice of our past to dictate the belief of our future. Let me say it one more time. We will allow the prejudice of our past. Many of us were, had no religious background, right? Right? We, had, we didn't know Jesus. And so our past, we've had to overcome some things in belief and faith, right? Maybe we were raised in a certain denomination that, that, that taught things that we don't find in the Bible, that we don't understand, whether it be Catholicism or Pentecostalism. It doesn't matter, right? What matters is, are you a seeker of truth? And are you willing to say, not my will, but thy will be done? Are you willing to possess not only knowledge, but understanding, revelation that God has for us? We don't get that by book knowledge. We get that by being on our knees and praying and fasting. We get that by desiring to know the truth in the inward parts and God being our, our guide. So many times in my life, I've had to say, okay, I'm going to put out of my brain, I'm going to reprove to myself what I was taught as a child. Because as a child, I believed it because of who was telling me. My mom or dad or uncle or aunt or Sunday school teacher. And they had amazing, wonderful, purposeful, godly intentions for me. But I don't know it for myself. Is this true? I know my aunt believed it, but do I believe it? And the rubber hits the road. Am I the one that really can give an account for my belief in who I am in Christ? So I've been challenging people. I challenge you tonight, online. I challenge you in this room that don't believe it because I'm saying it. Believe it because you study to show yourself approved. Approach it like a child with wonderment and amazement. Make sure that you are rightly dividing the word, that it's contextually, that it's in the script, that you don't open for private interpretation. That's not godly. That's not God's plan. So make sure that you're studying correctly. I... There's a book out there. It's called How to Study Your Bible. It's an amazing book, right? Get it. It's then it's not a big deal. It tells you how to study your Bible correctly and properly. And it's, it's like everything. It has some bones in the chicken. But look, you're a smart person. You're led by the Holy Spirit. Um, sometimes it's, it's more secular in its thinking, right? Because they approach things a little uh, more academic than, than, than spirit-led, right? Understand that when you learn how to study your Bible, and I tell the guys, I give I give these guys these books, right? you got to read this, you got to read this, you got to read this. Why? Because if you don't know how to study, then what, when you read, you're like the Ethiopian eunuch. You know that it's powerful, you know it's right, but you don't know how to rightly divide it. And God sends a pastor by and says, can I help you with what you're reading? Right? Someone say amen. I hope I'm helping you tonight. If I am, please tell the Lord to bless me. There you go. Um, so, here we go. Jesus, the image of the one God, the Father. Say it again. Jesus is the image of the one God, the Father. By no other name will know him. There's only one that sits upon the throne of heaven. He was all God and all man. and He is, by John's account and Jesus' words, he says, I and my Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Very plain, no mystery in those words, right? It's very upfront. John 14. We're going to read it. Jesus teaches these words, and, 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 and I want to make sure I could teach all night, so I got to keep watching the clock. Uh, Jesus teaches these words. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus says, "In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go." to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will, what? Come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, ye know, and the way, ye know. And they're like, wait, we don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. You haven't told us that. And Thomas said unto him, it's funny, it's Thomas, right? Doubting Thomas. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. (laughs) And we surely cannot know the way. Because you haven't told us. And Jesus said, yeah, I've been telling you for quite a while now. But you haven't been listening with your spiritual ears. Hear me tonight. You have been listening with the man ears, but not the spiritual God ears. One of the things I pray consistently is, God, help me to hear you in the spirit. A lot of times I want to feel good about my flesh. (laughs) Amen? So I pray, God, reveal yourself in the Spirit so that I can understand spiritual things, not just carnal and fleshy things. So he says, Jesus said to him, I am the way. Someone shout amen. amen. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, here is right here, no man cometh unto what? Unto the Father but by man. He is the image of the invisible God. No man comes to the Father but by him. I and my Father are one. He is the image of the Father, and He is the Son. You follow that? So you say, Pastor, that's a little confusing. Great is the mystery of godliness. (laughs) It's it's there for for our receiving. It's there for our revelation. And we cannot put human, listen to me carefully, we cannot put human perimeters on God's spiritual word. Because if I was writing this, I would have wrote it very differently than this and I was God, right? But I'm not God. So he made them believe. He helped them to understand through this vision or this understanding of who him and the Father were. No man cometh to the Father but by me. If ye have known me, ye should have known my Father also from henceforth. You see, they were not seeing him as God. They were seeing him as a man. They could touch him. They could feel him. They knew he was special. They knew he was maybe some called him a prophet. Some called him Elijah. Some called him all these, you know, the, because how can he be God and still I can touch him? Because God, remember the Jews, man, they touched the ark and they died. When you talk about touching God, I mean, they're like, whoa, no way, time out. We've had an experience with that, right? So they had a fear of God. So when Jesus said, I am that I am, I am God. I am the father. They were like, whoa, you're, but you're just a guy, right? And Jesus had to overcome that. The reason Jesus performed miracle signs and wonders was to overcome the fact of their non-belief. When he raised the dead, it was something nobody, no man had ever done. When Lazarus came walking forth, no man had ever performed those things in their life. So they were like, whoa, this must be God. And then that's when they declared, this is the son of God. the son of the living God. Because they had to gain understanding through the power of Jesus and his name and his spirit. So let's say amen. amen. So here we go. It goes, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father that suffice us. Jesus said to him, I have been so long time with you. I've been here for 33 and a half years and you don't know me, right? And yet thou hast not known me, Philip. He that hath what? Come on, say it with me. Seen me. He is the image of the invisible God if you've seen me you've seen God if you've seen me you've seen the father has seen the father and thou sayest then show us the father question mark then he says these words in John 14 and 10 he says believest thou not that I am in the father Father. something I want to mention to you Um, I I really do want to talk about this (laughs) <laughs> um that i'm in the father and the father in me use that word that one little word that drives us crazy the word that i speak unto you i speak not of myself but the father who dwelleth where in me and he doth the works believe me that i am where in the father <laughs> this is this this is this is the word, and the Father in me, else believe me for my very work's sake. And then he goes on in verse 12. Very nice, very I nice say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Was God going unto God? No. The man Christ, the image of the invisible God, was going to the Father. And whosoever shall ask in my name that will i do and the father may be glorified in the son if ye shall ask anything in my name someone say amen i will do it so tonight um my hour's up five minutes Tonight, I want you to this continuous. If you haven't seen the first two Bible studies, I suggest you go back on those Wednesdays, uh, the last couple, two months on the first Wednesday of every month. I've taught this lesson. Um, and you can go back and review those and listen to them, how we came to the Old Testament, the establishment of the promises and the prophecies, and, and how we're now ending up in the New Testament, and who, who the Son is, and, and how we will know Him. I want you to take Colossians Colossians. I want you to go home and reread that again, where he says, I am the image of the Father. I am the image of God. It's going to help you understand the man Christ. The man Christ Jesus transformed, resurrected into the God Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. God bless you and keep you and cause His face to shine upon you and give you amazing, blessed peace. I'll see you Sunday, 1035. Don't miss it. We're going to have a great time.